I got my money, I got my Mustang, I got an SED. Hello, you are listening to Great Culture, the podcast where we talk about wine, pop culture and feminism. I'm Kim. I'm Sam. And we hope you enjoy the show. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the Apple TV show, The Buccaneers. Mm. But before we get into that, we have some wine. Now, we had a plethora of wine to choose from for this episode, for many reasons, including the copious amount of drinking that's in this TV show. (laughs) Yeah. But we settled on one in particular. Sam, do you want to tell us about it and what it is and why it's here and why you chose it? I do. Yes, I chose, I chose two wines for today because I couldn't decide. But this Mm -hmm. is the one that we are certainly starting with. And it is the Fancy Chardonnay Maccabeo. It's just a great name. It's incredible. <laughs> and this show is very much about fancy pants. It's about, it's set in there, I think it's the 1870s, and it's all about high society in New York and England and the clash of the twain. Not Mark Twain, he's not in it. But I chose this because, yes, it fits the theme. Also, it has this very fabulous, like, daguerreotype almost mm. woman on the front who is wearing a coloured floral skirt and kind of art deco types and i yes. thought she looked lovely yes i agree yes it's it's very hashtag rich people problems both the show and the wine yes exactly and it's that weird blend of old-fashioned thing and, and then new yeah look, um, new. modern and new and then like old-fashioned a la bridgerton greg gatsby that kind of vibe yeah and the buccaneers exactly. and the buccaneers and so i do have some tasting notes Ooh, for okay um, what i have is the notes from good pair days which is where we got this from it's a lean blend of 50 50 chardonnay and macabeo with a lovely mineral grapefruit accent the palate is supple and round with fleshy notes of lemon the flesh they love they love their flesh on these and a touch of passion fruit leading to a tight gravelly finish it's from burgundy off of france it's vegan and it's, it goes with lots of herbs and grilled vegetables great <laughs> <laughs> oh we interrupt this broadcast to let you know that we're recording at my house kim's house and podcat winnie has slayed a dragon aka an iphone cable (laughs) and is living her absolute best life carrying it around the house and it's really funny yeah so like wiggle butt and everything okay well i'm excited to try this fleshy wine (laughs) fleshy gravel (laughs) fleshy gravel drag name (laughs) just okay and also, we don't have a lot of Chardonnays on this show, so... No, well, I've always been told that Chardonnays are shit. Yeah, so have I. That's not a good face you've got going on there. <laughs> Is that a lizard tongue? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't smell too offensive. Oh, there's something weird that happens. There is, that's, that's the face I was making. Yeah. You taste, like, you taste it, it's like, oh, that's not bad. And then suddenly, like, a bubble pops in the back of your mouth and it's oily. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of, oh, this is wine. No, it's cleaner. Oh, it's wine. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that at all. I feel like my mouth's been invaded. It is oily. It's it oily. oily. It's or chemically. Like, it's it's wine, then something that's not definitely not wine and shouldn't be consumed. It's wine at the front, questionable at the back. Yeah. It's a wine household product mullet. (laughs) Household product mullet. Mm. Yeah, it's... Do you know what, though? Even though it's weird, it's still not the worst wine we've had. 
Although you might be disagreeing. You're probably right there, but I mean, you know what? It's giving it a good go. See, it's described on the all the notes say that it's like a casual, easy drinking wine. And I think what that means, it's in the same way that estate agents say somewhere is cosy when it's small. <laughs> casual and easy drinking means you don't know anything about wine. So you pick this wine. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just think that it kind of means like the wine is not the focus of the day or the evening. I mean, this is day drinking wine at a picnic. Yeah, but we do tend to either say this is home in your pants wine in the dark or it's you drink it outside in the sunshine no but there's a there's a difference is there i don't think that this is you drink it out in the sunshine in a lovely garden terrace as we often talk about right, very okay. fine roses yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. i think this is you Pardon. are going to a company picnic and it's bring a bottle yeah and you bring this yeah. and try not to drink it, but it also kind of doesn't matter. I feel like this is the kind of wine that would taste better out of a plastic or paper cup. Yes. Yeah. And that's not good. No, it's yeah. not a good thing. And it's I have a feeling good. that the warmer it gets, the worse it's going to get as well. So I do it for the oily mouth wine. All right. But let's not apologise for the choice of this show. Yes. So, Sam, this was your choice of show. This is, again, The Buccaneers, which is on Apple TV, which Mm -hmm. is an adaptation of an unfinished Edith Wharton novel. Mm -hmm. Sam, do you want to tell us a little bit about why we chose it, the plot so far... Yes, absolutely. So I did. Choose, I chose the wine, which was disappointing. I chose the show, which hopefully was less disappointing. Next week, we're back to business as usual and Kim can pick things. <laughs> uh, I picked this show because I was looking for, you know, new releases, new shows that were coming out that were centred around a female cast, which this very much is. It is, uh, as Kim said, adapted from uh, a 1937, I think, Edith Wharton novel that was... Uh, unfinished at the time of her death, published posthumously, and then finished in the 90s by a lady whose name I can't remember, according to Edith Wharton's notes. The show, it was also then adapted, I think, in the 90s for for TV. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was 95 there was a film or a TV show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was another version. Probably around the same time as the Pride of Prejudice. Anyway, (laughs) and then this is the latest adaptation, uh, Catherine Jakeway's. So it is about a group of five young ladies from quote-unquote new money in New York society who one of them gets married to an English lord, as you do, and then the others will accompany her back to England to basically meet a bunch of rich, eligible, well, not even rich, titled Englishmen. Mm Mm-hmm. Emphatically not rich. Emphatically not rich. Very, very impoverished nobility. Mm. And the ruckus that they cause there, and it's all about their sort of subsequent adventures and misadventures and fucked up romances and class struggles. Romances and yeah. Mm. We want your money, but we don't want your sort part. There's twists, turns, subplots galore. Yeah. And really the central character, so far as she is our narrator, we spend the most time with her. We, I think, are supposed to feel most connected with her struggle is Nan St. George, mm-hmm. full name Annabelle St. George, yeah. who is, even amongst her cohort of unconventional, energetically sort of... Vibrant. Vibrant friends. Mm. She is one of the more unconventional she seems to have she likes climbing shit she likes climbing shit she's outspoken she has opinions about things she doesn't like doing her hair and And it's kind of about her her experience and she uncovers a secret well she 
learns a secret about herself very early on. This episode is going to involve spoilers for what is currently an unfinished program. Yeah. By the time this episode is released, this program will be finished, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the last episode of the first season, at least, airs on the 13th of December. Don't know if there's going to be another season. I do know from a review I read that this finishes only partway through the book. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it I, seems I, I suspect as much. But it hasn't been officially announced as renewed. Yeah. So there's going to be a wild amount of speculation and there's also going to be some spoilers. Mm-hmm. We still wanted to do it because... We don't often get the opportunity to really watch shows like this anymore mm. when they come out week by week. And that's quite fun. Yeah. But we also don't get the opportunity to talk about something so current, almost as it's unfolding and when it's fresh off the bat because of the way that we plan our episodes and stuff like that. Whereas this worked out really well for us and it seemed like a really good time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. As Sam said, with the idea of it being a female folk, which I guess leads me to my first question. What did you expect this show to be? And did it meet those expectations? So I expected this to be Gossip Girl in Corsets. And that's yeah. pretty much what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like there is there's a promo shot for the show, which is these five young young ladies sort of lying on each other, looking up at the camera, and there's a very, very similar shot for Gossip Girls season two. Yeah. So that's so that's what I was expecting was very much that. And I know that I expected it to be kind of social commentary for the time, because obviously that's what Edith Wharton is is known for and I'm absolutely sure we're going to end up talking about Jane Austen at some point but yes it was what I expected I think certainly in terms of the way it was shot the modern soundtrack like you know it's got I'm pretty sure there's some Olivia Rodrigo at some point or it's definitely Taylor Taylor Swift Swift, yeah (laughs) Um, she's in the first episode babe so yeah and I, I know that it had been kind of touted as the new Bridgerton as well yeah I was expecting it to be a bit sexier and there were moments, but not really like it's a it's a fade to black. It's pretty fade to black. Yeah. And I think I said I the main thing that I heard about this was Bridgerton. Yeah. Like if you're a fan of Bridgerton, you, you will love like this. this. Yeah. And I quite liked Bridgerton, historical inaccuracies and all. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm I'm down for it. I what therefore was expecting raunchiness. And considering yes. that like Shagging against trees. Yeah, the first episode is like she she reveals that they've they've consummated their um, relationship before their marriage. Conchita, who is the, the Nan's best friend. friend, Nan's best friend who had married an English lord because she's <laughs> pregnant, but he didn't know he that didn't she know was she pregnant. was pregnant. No. Anyway, I was expecting a lot more sexy time, and actually, the only nudity that I've seen thus far has been malicious nudity. Yeah, not sexy uh... nudity. Yeah, it's been... Yeah, malicious is a good word. Yeah. yeah. Which, <laughs> I'm pretty sure more on that later. But I was expecting it to be more, and I do think that it gave more... It's trying to make points about things. Yeah. I don't know how successfully it makes some of those points, but it is very much trying to make points about things. Yeah. In a way that I do expect from... A show based on an Edith Wharton novel. Edith Wharton is known for, as you said, social commentary and, and being quite biting. And where a romance with a capital R, the focus is going to be on the the 
romance. romance. So it both was and wasn't what I was expecting in that it was because I was like yearning in corsets. Um, it was very YA, wasn't it? That kind of, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's the thing that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I thought that given that this was a modern adaptation of an Eve of Water novel, I thought they'd go there. Yeah. And I think they are going there in a lot of different ways. Mm. But they are... They feel young. Yeah. They in a way that Gossip Girl, which is based on the Gossip Girl books, which is heavily inspired by Edith Thornton's Age of Innocence, mm-hmm. does not feel young. So, confused. <laughs> confused. Confused. Yes. Confused. Were you pleasantly confused? Or oh, yes. were you... Yeah, you liked it. Yes, yeah. I have been really enjoying it. So yeah. I've, I've been watching it for the last couple of days. And as is my want, I've watched some of it sort of in the background on my phone. Uh, which can sometimes lead me to really dislike something because it's very angsty or full on and <laughs> very intense. Yeah. And I did feel that a bit. But I'm definitely invested. I'm definitely going to mm. watch the last two hours. I feel cross. And I dislike certain parts and I'm confused by a lot of it and I feel old. But <laughs> yeah. And I think because it's not the comforting I know it's gonna end well of a Bridgerton or a Pride and Prejudice or something, yeah. but it's also not a story I'm familiar with where I can be comfortable knowing knowing that it's not going to end well. There's a little bit of I feel a bit wrong footed with it. But mostly, I like it. I think the the issue is that I am not clear on who I'm rooting for. Yes, I think that's a really salient point. Mm. I think we talked about this on a few other things where you don't really know who the hero is meant to be and because no one's entirely likeable. Mm-hmm. Even Nan in all of her wide-eyed... Uh, I'm so lovely and I'm not meant to be the main characterness. Yeah. Is annoying. <laughs> she's. I think that I understand her point of view of she's got a sister who resents her for being interesting. Yeah. And she's got a best friend who's consistently the centre of attention. Yeah. And she's like, now I get to live a story mm-hmm. and I have I have issues and I have feelings. Mm. And I don't want maybe I don't want what I want, but I don't know because she's probably about 17 she still has a governess so she's probably about 17 yeah i don't think it's ever expressly stated how old but she she's annoying in that 17 year old way like that's i think that's maybe why i put her as 17 she's exactly what you said about being ya she's a ya protagonist where she kind of justifiably is like sometimes it should be about me but then because she's the protagonist it's all about her yeah so we're like meh yeah, maybe exactly. you don't know enough about the world yet to realise that some of your dramas are absolutely justified. Some of them, you are making a rod for your own back. Maybe don't marry random dukes that you meet on the beach. You know what it made me think of is Frozen. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Oh my god, that's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit like so in what is I think it's the second episode. Yeah, the Duke of. Tintagel. Tintagel! The fact that it's fucking Tintagel. His name is Theo. Comes to Runnymede, where she's having a party with her friends to propose to her. They've met once. Yeah. yeah. Literally once. And because he, and she likes his paintings. Yeah, and he's tracked her down and yeah. been like, marry Wed me. though? Yeah. 
the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> However, it did sort of love the proposal. So I just, I'm very torn because I love a period drama. Mm. <laughs> I love yearning in corsets. Mm-hmm. I, I love big feelings. I also, I think this is really well done and really entertaining. Yeah. But I'm 34 and like, come on. Yeah. Literally double the age. I mean, even in Jane Austen, Uh, they know each other for more than one meeting before there's a proposal. Yeah. So I guess that's a bit of what I like and what I don't like. What do you like and what you don't like? What do I like? What do I not like? Uh, Yeah, I I did enjoy I mean, I did start watching it and I was like, oh God, it's going to be trash. It's going to be trash. It's going to be trash. (laughs) And it is trash. But it's trash in... It's it's the top end of trash, I think. Mm. Um, Yes. It's, it's well made trash. It's not lowest lowest common denominator. Mm. It's high end trash. <laughs> high end trash. There's corsets, so you know it's high end. But yeah, it, it does a good job of being entertaining. It does. It, it kind of treads this line of this is a period drama. We're going to film it all in old Scottish manor houses and wear tailcoats, but everyone's going to talk like. It's modern day. Yeah. Which I found a bit jarring. Because then also sometimes they'd be like, oh, but darling, you simply must. And I was well, like, well, I wait. shall. Yeah, I shall. Every time there was an I, I shall, shall, I was like, yeah. I shall. I shan't. I <laughs> shall have another cup of tea. I shall have a chocolate Shall Vicky. isn't used enough, just like cross. And I messaged you to be like, I don't understand what time period this is because the costumes are all over the place. And it's the same issue I have with Bridgerton because do costumes better. But also some of the costumes are really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> The green bridesmaid. The green bridesmaid. Yeah, exactly. Well into those. I also really enjoyed the purple and green dress that Lizzie wears at the like sort of wedding reception type thing. Really big fan. I also really enjoyed Lizzie's tartan dress. Yes. Yeah. Lizzie's fashion. Lizzie's fashion. I mean, honestly, I'm low key a Lizzie stan. Me too. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, Big fan of Lizzie. Also, I could just look at her face. Oh, so beautiful. She's so striking. Yeah, but she's beautiful and striking. Yeah. Both. I mean, God. And yeah. then they're all like, oh, you're second best. And you're like, who? To whom? To whom? <laughs> what to it, whom? Who are you looking at? Yeah, um, no. Um, what didn't I like? I didn't like... Oh, you know what I didn't like? It was all the fucking twirling. It's like, <laughs> how can we... How can we show that women are ha- young women are having a good time? They're going to skip around and be giddy. And fair enough, skipping around and being giddy is, is absolutely fun sometimes. But it's also not the only way that you can outwardly show that women are friends. You know, yeah. there was a lot of like running and holding hands and then like, oh, look, haha, we're all sleeping in a bed together. And I was and like, giggling. Are you, like, are you 10? This is, this seems a bit silly. But they could be for all I fucking know. They could fucking be 10, yeah. But that- I did find it slightly confusing and interesting because i was like okay so there's these young women they're twirling around they're giddy they're <laughs> running around they're having a jolly old time and then i was like and i am somehow finding this annoying and is this because i'm old or is this because mm. i'm british but it it does feel like they are trying to make them silly. and i think that's that's the thing that bothered me it's like yeah. i can you can be fun without being silly mm. and if you're trying to make them be fun and not silly yeah why are you making them making their only fun silliness yeah it just didn't really track for me and i think it's because one of the things that it reminded me of was 
Kitty and Lydia in Pride and Prejudice. And Kitty and Lydia in Pride and Prejudice are fucking dumb dumb. Don't come for me, Kitty and Lydia stands. <laughs> yeah, so I think that, that was that that's a good point is the, the twirling twittiness. The twirling made it dumber than I think is fair to the women in it, and you can be fun and joyful and happy without being fantasized. Yes, exactly that. So we talked a bit about Nan, who is obviously the the kind of protagonist, if you like, and then there are the, the four four of her friends. There's her sister. The sister is called Ginny. Virginia. Yeah. Then there are two other sisters. There's Lizzie yep. and there's Mabel. Yep. So they are same age. So Ginny and Lizzie are best friends. They are the same age. Mabel and Nan are the same age. The younger yes. sisters. They all grew up in Saratoga and then moved to New York. Yes. And then there is Conchita. Conchita, who is whose wedding it is. You can see the flapper influence in from Edith Wharton's writing mm-hmm. in Conchita. She's yeah. the flapper girl, but in she's the party girl, and yeah, and she's she's vibrant and she's sunny and she's very. She's she draws people to her. She's and, very Zelda. Yeah. yeah, she's very Zelda Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yes. So those are the five main ones, and then there's the and then there's the gents, if we want to call them that. Yes, there's the gentlemen. So yeah. we've got Dick Theo, Duke of Tintagel. <laughs> Yeah, in love with Nan St George. Yeah, we've got Guy Fawkes, which definitely doesn't sound like Guy, Guy Fawkes. Fawkes. And then there's a whole Guy Fawkes episode. Is impoverished best friend of Theo. Yes, who's also in love with Nan St George. Shabby gentility. Yes, <laughs> we've got Dicky, Lord Maribel, Lord Maribel, who's married to Conchita. Mm-hmm. He is super in love with Conchita. And only fun when he's away from his family, but his family are dire. Yeah. Also has some kind of weird thing going on with his governess, Laura. Miss Test Valley. Worst name ever. So she starts off the show as Nan's governess. Yes. But she was his governess and and his sisters and brothers and then becomes his child's nanny. It's yeah. weird. It's and there's weird. like a lot of lingering glances. There's a lot of lingering glances and, 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 and also Nan's dad. There's private conversations and yeah. I yeah, I don't, I, more I don't know to, what's going on there. Don't know what's going on there. We'll, we'll discuss that in a bit. Yeah. And then we've got Lord Seden. <laughs> Uh, aka james aka the fucking worst person you've ever met aka strawberry blonde pube he's the worst yeah he's he's awful he's so so he is 50 shades of abusive like he's just gross but like insidious abusive yeah and he looks like a toilet brush but like a vaguely handsome toilet brush and it's weird yeah they think he's he looks like a toilet brush with poor circulation and then we've got Miles Dawley is his name. Who says three like, lines? He says three lines. He's there. He's their friend. He's probably gay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he and Mabel are each other's beards as well. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. vibe you're getting, which is yeah. real cute. And then you've yeah. got Honoria, who is Lord Seedon and Lord Maribel's sister, who is British and very uptight and has <clears> hidden <throat> depths. In yes, more well, ways than all Mabel can tell you all about her hidden depths. Oh, yay. Yay. She's secret. Yeah, secret lesbian. So, <laughs> lesbian. lesbian. <laughs> and there are various pa- parents and other things as well. But yeah, they're the kind of the core. We should mention Christine Hendricks. I was just going to say, I was very thrown by the fact that we are now at an age where Christina Hendricks is, pay- is playing teenagers' parents. 
Um, yeah, but she's playing teenagers' parents in the 1870s, which means she's about our age. That's true. And I'm always I'm always happy to see Christina Hendricks, so, you know, can't complain. plays <sighs> Patricia, St. James, Nun, and Ginny's. Ginny's mother. I keep forgetting Ginny's name because she's quite bland. But yeah, Christina Hendricks is, is fantastic at this kind of... She's all, like she could be bordering on social climbing, yeah, mother, but she's not. She's definitely social climbing, but she has more of an appreciation for her family and her children yeah. than she. So she has her best friend Lavinia, who is Lizzie and Mabel's mother, mm-hmm. who is like fully social climbing. Yeah, but they're like they've got their it's got their shades of their friendship, which I think is really lovely. Yeah. But Christine Hendricks is very much the star of a couple of the episodes and, and definitely steals every scene that she's in, I think. Yeah, she's fantastic. And she is dealing with the own, her own struggle of kind of seeing her children entering into a world that is a little bit more... They're more affluent, they have more opportunities, they have more freedom. And yeah. she is wrestling with the fact that she does not, and she, at least as far as we're in so far doesn't feel like she could mm. ever have that. So that's a quick rundown of the characters. Yeah. Favourites, not favourites. Okay, so favourites, love Lizzie. Big fan of Lizzie. Mm. Not just because she is stunning to look at, but she's also just one of the most... I, I, I just feel like she gets a really bad time of she it. She gets a bad deal, but she's so she's still interesting. Always, she's interesting and she's still tries to be there for her friends and everything when they've been dickbags. She says... I think that she has the most rounded character in the sense that she mm. has she has a struggle. She is expressing feelings, but in a way that makes her polite. She's compassionate, but she's brave. Yeah. And there's the one scene, there's a scene in, I think it's episode five, where she essentially stares down James, aka Lord Seedon. Oh, I love that. And being like... In the maze. Yeah, yeah. and being like fuck you i can still win this yeah after he's he's done some horrible things to her and and yeah i really i really love her yeah and i didn't expect to no no to start with she I, wasn't going to be my favorite i honestly thought she was going to be a massive bitch when it first started but not at all and she i don't know the actor's name i'm not sure i can't remember what it is but she absolutely acts her butt off in the background which i really appreciate yeah yeah um, so she's great. Love Christina Hendricks, aka Patty Patty St. Clair. Um St. George. St. George, that's it, not St. Clair. Uh guy that plays Guy, I quite or Guy I quite like actually, even though he's not necessarily the most likable. He's just He's so interesting. Yeah. I really liked him as soon as I met him, obviously. Yeah. And I think you're meant to, but I also really like Theo. And I have a bit of a complicated feeling here. I think that they're both making beautiful choices and seem to be relatively noble, but they both have points where they're not. Yeah. And so you could be like, oh, well, no, Theo said those shitty things about this person. And then you're like, yeah, but Guy was also kind of shitty. And I think more nuanced than you really expect. nuanced. And they're yeah. doing a really good job. Mm. But I absolutely agree with you. I do think the guy who plays Guy <laughs> is top notch. Yeah. And really the character is top-notch. Yeah, absolutely. And another character that I love just very quickly is Honoria. I, I like, I did not expect <gasps> to. Did not expect to. <sighs> and she, because you, you come across her f- at first, and like you mentioned, she's very, very uptight, very British, very proper. Very dutiful. Very dutiful. And has this awful, these awful parents and a couple of not great brothers, let's be honest. I mean, mm. Seton's dreadful and Dickie's a dick. Dickie's just, just absolutely named. Dumb. 
He's just dumb and like, oh, I can't decide he's like between a puppy. my wife and my family. He's a puppy. Uh, yeah. He's like, who is giving me the treat today? <sighs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you, so you think she's just going to be this horrible uh, person and then she's actually quite lovely. Yeah. And yeah, You think that Love she's... It. And she gives like secretly great, really trying, but just like struggling. Yeah. I really loved her. I kind of, I kind of knew because I love me an underdog. But, yeah, of course. Um, you love a side character. I do love me a side character. And also I'm kind of just infatuated with her name. <laughs> but I found myself in the last two episodes so mm. far, because we're up to episode six, more interested in her story than pretty much anyone else's. She's also one of the least self-serving, I think, weirdly yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how about dislikes? Oh my god, I mean, fuck Lord Seedon, but yeah. don't fuck him. No. I mean, he won't let you, he'll just undress you and make you sit in a room for four hours. Creep. I really hate him. He's manipulative and abusive and creepy and I hate it. I mean, the actor's doing a fantastic He's job. He's doing but... a fantastic job. Yeah, he is awful. I, I don't hate Ginny. Because I think that she, no, she's I, in a complicated situation. She's in a difficult situation. But I do have to remind myself not to hate her. Because yeah. I have to remind myself not to victim blame. Because I think that she darted yeah. with flaws against who we were supposed to like at that time. Yeah. And then that, like, her, her cruelty to Nan at times before she even really met yeah. Lord Seedon is a problem. Yeah. Like... She still doesn't deserve what she's no. going through. You can see it. And it's so... It's so frightening. And it's so... And the way that he yeah. cuts her off from people. and Yeah. yeah. She does give... kind of uh, One of the people I thought she reminded me of was Sansa. Like mm. early Sansa in Game mm. of Thrones. I know you're a big Sansa stan. And that's no, but you're absolutely right. It's that kind of entitled bratty older sister thing. Which doesn't happen that often. But in... Yeah. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's like she's been told. Yeah. It's the pressure of you will marry and you will marry mm. well and that will be your thing and you need mm. to be interesting and constantly feeling like you're being upstaged or threatened by someone else's actions that are out yeah. of control and wanting to have that control. One final person that I did not like. Tracy St. George, their dad. Oh my god, what a douche. He's like, Oh yeah, I've just been flagrantly unfaithful to your mother because it makes me feel young oh cool oh cool how does he think that that's a cool thing to tell his daughter if you're going to be a philanderer be a better liar come on i mean <laughs> just the fucking inadequacy awful, awful like he man. really truly gave the bare minimum how he shagged that many people i don't want to know he's got, got a mustache you know, he's got a mustache and money <laughs> mustache and money the next top country song I got my money, I got my Mustang, I got an LCD. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do our usual, take a small break, refill our glasses, go for a wee, and then we'll be back to talk some more about the Buccaneers. Bye. Bye. Secret gay, secret gay. So we are back from the break. We have had our wee. We have topped up our glasses, and we're here to talk some more about the Buccaneers. So, but before we do that, <laughs> um, before we do that, Kim, the Chardonnay that I've inflicted on us. How are you finding it? Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs>
It's weirdly better the warmer it gets. Yeah, I don't trust that at all. Which is awful. Mm. And I can feel the wretchedness <laughs> a creeping up on me. <laughs> this is the kind of wine that you can drink at 17 and not mm. feel in the morning because you're drinking it in a club. Mm. This is the yep. kind of wine that at 34 is going to leave us bedridden for two days. <laughs> so writing our last will and testament on a an empty crisp wrapper yeah yeah pretty much it's the merlot of the white wines isn't it it really is it's not good but it's not bad that as with merlot it's not that necessarily it tastes bad whilst you're drinking it but it's it's like you know it's a mistake while it's happening this is an illegitimate parentage of wine but i don't i don't hate it as much as i did but I, again, can feel that slight headache just at the corners of my temples. But yes, mm, absolutely. Mm. An interesting, if dreadful, wine. <laughs> so as we talked about at the beginning, <laughs> this is based on an originally unfinished novel by Edith Wharton, published in the 1930s, and then subsequently a completed version was released. I believe from what I've read, there have also been other versions of it, but it's this one that was released in the 90s that was the most readily sort of available. The fact that it is unfinished, what impact do you think that has had on the show? And where would you like this plot to go? I think that it being an unfinished novel means that there is a lot of room for creative license. Yes. And I also think that it means that you can kind of decide whether it's going to be a happier, sad ending based on the way that it develops rather Mm. than realistically what's in the novel and i think that there are other programs that have been made off of unfinished shows i mean famously you've got game of thrones sanderton is is jane austen's unfinished novel um there's all that the, there's an edgar and poe one rings of power was based off unfinished works by tolkien yeah there's all sorts there's all sorts yeah. and i think that it allows you to a different way of ending ending a show more akin to what the characters want than what the author intended. So this is one of the theories of film adaptation is that you can have like true adaptation of it's line for line essentially. Yeah. But you can also have like almost it, I can't remember the official term because it's been like fifteen years, but but there's this like realization adaptation where it's it's authentic because it's authentic to the heart of the character if it's not authentic to literature. So a good example of this is characters saying things in adaptations that they only thought in the original text. Yes. And so I think that this is one, this is one where I feel like it's trying to do that. Yeah. It's trying to do true to the, the feelings behind the characters rather than realistically where Edith Orton was planning the plot to go. And I think that that is my favorite kind of adaptation because I I love a true adaptation. I mean, read like display for me line for line every scene from Pride and Prejudice. I'm there <laughs> all four hours of it. I'm ready. But there, like my t- adaptations that I've seen have been where they take the you know they take the essence, they understand the characters that yeah. they are representing, and they fulfil what the characters want. But it does mean. Because I am familiar with a bit of Edith Wharton and because I know that this is not Pride and Prejudice. I don't trust this to give me what I want as the viewer 
which is happy endings for everyone, obviously, all the time. There are two episodes left mm-hmm. in this season. If there's another season, great. But there is not enough time. Satisfactory resolution. Yeah. And knowing what I know about the time period, it's going to be very difficult for anyone to get a satisfactory resolution out of the tangle that they have made. Yes. I think the choice to adapt an unfinished novel is a brave one, but also a creatively stimulating one. And I appreciate why people do it, because I think it's a challenge, but it's also it's not a challenge because you can make it up. The whole thing is giving me feelings of unease because I don't think that this is going to end well for 90% of the people in this show, if not all of them. The fact that it is unfinished means I can't look up the plot and that is not good for my anxiety. <laughs> thus, I am concerned. I need to know. I need to know. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean, the fact that this is this is a, an adaptation based on an unfinished novel. I think when you are, when you're an author, the majority of people work alone when you're creating a book. For most people, it is not a collaborative process in its infancy. Certainly, yes, you get editor input and things, you know, as you go down the line and everything. But I think the creation of a television show is more collaborative. You have multiple writers, you Mm. have other things. So I think you get a more, potentially a more audience-focused result anyway, because you have more eyes on it. So you Mm. have more input. And obviously, yes, you will still, there are still people who have to make the final decision. But with Edith Wharton, I get the impression that she would have been like, this is the way I want my book to end. The end. Whereas I think, yeah, having ending by committee will create a very different experience to this being a novel. But I agree. I don't think the novel would have had had a happy ending. The only Edith Wharton book I have read is uh, Age of Innocence, uh, which again, you think it's going to have a happy ending, and it sure does not. Shit does not. Sure, shit does not. Stop it's it. bleak as hell. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I don't think Edith Wharton would have given us a happy ending for the sake of a happy ending. No. I think she would have given it a shades of grey ending. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it would have been a bit like the Graduate. You know that. Yeah, kind of, that moment when that they're like ending you want, but do you really want it? Kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. But I think because this is a series and they're looking for a continuation, probably, they, they want this to be renewed for another season. Yeah. I think what we are going to end up with in this season is characters in a predicament that we want to see them get out of. It will end in a way that is unsatisfactory because they want to be renewed. And I think it's the intent of the author that will, and the intent of the medium that will affect the ending that we mm. get. I agree. I, yeah. Fully makes sense to me, yeah. yeah. Definitely. What would you like to see in the ending of this season, considering there are two episodes to go? Don't know. No? Because I don't know who I want. I really, really hate that this has reduced me to a motherfucking love triumph. Because I don't know who I want to win. Like, I love Theo. I think he's broody and beautiful and just wants to paint things and he just Do you think he's to... beautiful? Oh my god, so beautiful. Really? I think he looks like a cliff. Oh no, so... <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. Maybe. If it were brooding, perfect, yeah. Uh, yeah, I looked I looked up the actor because I felt weird about the fact that I thought that he was attractive. <laughs> he was born in the 1990s. <laughs> That's all I know. So I am gross because I think that he is very handsome. Yeah, but 1990 what? I don't know because he's not been any in anything. I think that Theo is beautiful and painty and I I'm probably team Theo, but like also his name's Theo. But also like the 
dancing on the stairs. It's just the really, really worst part of me where it's like, this show is making all sorts of wonderful points about all sorts of wonderful things. And I'm like, but the love triangle, babe. Yeah. <laughs> and I really hate that it's reduced me to this. I really, really hate it. Because that's... But it's a good love triangle. Because when you ask me, where do I want this to go? That's the only fucking thing I'm thinking about. Mm. And that's infuriating. But it is integral to so much of the plot. Like, their whole relationship is I want... Richard and Conchita to live together and fuck off his parents. Yes. I would like Ginny to... I I don't know how you break... I guess I do, but I don't know how you break free of that kind of manipulation. Mm. It's different for every person, but I would like her to. I think that she is a better person than he is making her. And I think she had the potential to be a way better person than he's making her. I want Lizzie to be happy and powerful and richer than <laughs> all of them and crush him under her fancy heel. I think I kind of want Guy and Jean to get together, so I guess that's maybe why I'm mm, Team Theo. Because okay. I want Jean to be happy and Jean seems to like Guy. Jean is lovely. And she seems to actually like Guy. So we didn't really talk about Jean in the first half, but Jean is a... It was the beauty of the season debutante who was constantly being put in front of Theo as like the person that she he should marry and she's a she's she's English and she's a little bit uptight and she but she doesn't want to be and it's really horrible for her but then they seem to have forged this real connection and they both want to be slightly odd and, and adorable together and I want them to be odd and adorable together she gave him cheese she gave him a wheel of cheese yeah. Love that journey for her. Yeah, bless her. And she's just a person who wants to be happy and in love and noticed. And I think the same is true for Honoria and, by extension, Mabel. And so I guess poor soft-hearted me wants everyone to be happy. <laughs> Except James. I don't want James to be happy. Yeah, so you can get in the fucking sea. What about you? Yeah, I don't... I. I don't think I want an entirely happy ending with this because I think it does a disservice to some Agreed. of the themes. Um, yeah, that's fair. I think I want I want a bit more yearning from a couple of them, so I don't really want Nan to end up with anyone because <laughs> she's got two. That's too greedy. You you get one or nothing. Come on, so you can have nothing. I just feel like that would serve, and also like it's very Wartony is that she isn't happy with neither or ends up with neither mm. i would dearly love Seaton to die but i don't think that would happen in this season because he's too good of a... so i think this will end with him entirely isolating Ginny okay. from the rest of them as it seems to be going although it didn't entirely work in this season with the well kind of did in this, this season this, this most recent episode she seems to be doing a smashing job of it yeah that's true that's true I don't think things will go well for Mabel and Honoria, even though Mabel has found a way to stay by marrying Miles. I still think it's going to be rough seas. Yes, tricky for them. So I don't think that's going to go well. I don't. I don't know. Dicky and um, Conchita. Possibly things will go well, but it just seems so rocky. I'm not sure. I think the person that's going to end this. I think it's going to end with uh, Nan marrying. Theo. Mm. I also think I I must know what happens with Laura. Need to know. But Need to know. That could undo Conchita and Dickie. Could. If they were shagging. Or 
it could undo Nan. But the but Nan's already announced the damage. Mm. I don't know. Well, it would probably still be another scandal. But mm. this is just two options we're given. Though is that she's shagging Dickie or that she's Nan's mother? There could be a third option that we don't know about. I feel like someone's gonna die. I don't know if it's gonna be one of the main cast or one of the parents, but someone dying soon. I've just got a vibe. Mm. I've got a vibe. Maybe the Duchess. Maybe Theo. No, she seems a little bit too hearty. Okay. I'm thinking Tracy. You reckon Tracy might be interesting? All that scotch and fine living. All that whoring about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. I could see that. There will I think that either way there'll be a cliffhanger of sort. Would you keep watching? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, I'm pretty hooked. Yeah. I've got to say I'm pretty hooked. And yeah. I wasn't really expecting to be as hooked as I was. No me neither. And I not no shade on it, it's just that like I can pick up and put down shows quite easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got three season one of Bridgerton and I'm like two episodes into season two and I haven't watched it. Because it's it'll be there. It'll be there when I'm ready. But this didn't feel like homework. This felt like this is what I want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just excited to watch it. And with that, that brings us to the end of this episode. But before we go, we have some wine and a show to rate. So mm-hmm. the wine, once again, is the Fancy Pants Chardon off of Good Pear Days, which had flavours of citrus flesh. And tr- flesh, citrus <laughs> and tropical fruits, nicely rounded and refreshing on the palate. Sam, thoughts, feelings? Really weird really oily to begin with got better not sure if that was because of the temperature or because of the drunkenness so i would have gone 1.5 i'm going to go with a two because it didn't it got more palatable but i'm gonna regret this tomorrow yeah what about you i hated it <laughs> felt very it just felt like a globule in my throat i've drunk it but phlegm not the... wine i mean yeah phlegm wine bitter phlegm wine you know when i think i went to school with her <laughs> I certainly did. She was head girl. (laughs) Did not give good head girl. Too phlegmy. I just... Yeah. Nah. It was very chemically and claggy in my mouth. But not like claggy like a red wine. More like, like you say, like oily. Mm. And yeah, I I didn't finish it. Mm. Which I think... Rare. Yeah, even for a white wine is rare. So... I am going to go 1.5. 1, maybe. I'm going to go for a 1. I'm never going to have it again. I didn't like it. I'm sorry, Fancy Pants Wine. You have a grey label, but a shit taste. Yeah. So that's not a resounding success for the wine. However, the show, The Buccaneers, off of Apple TV, by Catherine Jaquays. What did you think of that? Up to to episode 6 of season 1. Partial rating. (laughs) Partial season. With all the beautiful newbies and the caveats about love triangles, I'm giving it a good solid four. Ooh, yeah. I feel like this has... I can't fully rate it because it's not finished and Mm. I don't trust it. Yeah, fair enough. But I do think that it is fun. I think that one of the things that we didn't talk about is like what it's for. Mm, Who's it for? What it's for? Why is it happening now? And I don't have the answer to that because (laughs) I don't really feel like it's necessarily tackling anything new or anything interesting. It's sort of half-arsing some of the bigger messages. Yeah. But at the same time, it has made me think and it has made me think in an entertaining way and I really wanted to keep watching it. It's not just fluff. 
so I don't know why it's being released now and I don't know why they decided to make it now and I don't think that it's some revolutionary show but it is entertaining and beautiful and fun yeah and that is so rare right now so I'm giving it four yeah what about you yeah I enjoyed this I don't know if I enjoyed it more than certainly from the first 30 minutes of the first episode I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to I thought it was going to be uh, a trite struggle and there are elements of triteness yes because of what it is but also am I being an English snob Mm. who knows always the question always the question but I I liked it I will watch more of it I thought the performances were fantastic I thought the costumes and setting and visual appeal of it was great and yes maybe it's a bit silly in places who doesn't have an illegitimate plot line but overall very entertaining and i'm gonna agree i'm gonna Mm. go for four four. yeah i think four is solid four is very solid excellent show so don't forget we will be back in two weeks time with a brand new episode it will be christmas themed because it is that time of year so do join us for an end of year wrap to see us we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode don't forget to check us out on social media in the meantime on instagram at grape culture podcast on twitter slash x at grape culture pod or we have a website where you can find show notes and more information about us and the podcast in general which is grapeculturepodcast.co.uk thank you for listening okay bye bye